Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Proverbs 18:21. The Bible said that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I want to read that one more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And the Bible says in Ezekiel 37 as well, in verse 4, again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Amen. Why don't we put your Bibles to one side? Let's go ahead and lift up our hands all over this room right now. Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to be in this house. I pray that you would anoint my mind and loose my tongue to speak your word here today, that your will be done. We thank you for your resurrection power for life that is in this room right now, your life, Lord God, that we honor, that we are grateful for the fact that you resurrected on the third day, and we have that to rejoice in. We love you, and we magnify your name. Now, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord, and why don't you thank God for his blood that was shed and no doubt for the burial that he was in, but also for his resurrection. Why don't we clap our hands because we're serving the living God. Why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord just for a moment longer. That's all right. Why don't we shout unto God with the voice of triumph. And I'd like to encourage you on a Wednesday night. Sometimes when maybe it's out of routine. I know this is normal, normally teaching night. And when I come, I'm so grateful to hear a great, great word, a great study from Pastor Justin Gleason, um, but, I, but I, I know this is a little bit different. These next two Wednesdays, as we are gearing up, as Pastor already mentioned, for our resur- resurrection and celebration. And so in light of that, why don't we celebrate with our hands clapped one more time and with our voice raised, the Bible said to shout with a voice of triumph. Now you might not feel like you're on top of the mountain, But the fact that the stone was rolled away, the fact that Jesus stepped out of that grave in death could not hold him bound. That's the reason that we can shout unto God with victory. So why do you do that all over this building? If you're watching online, why do you clap your hands and shout unto God with the... I feel Jesus in this house. I feel Jesus here tonight. Why don't you turn to somebody and tell them the power of the tongue. If you want to put it in light of this week that we're celebrating, you can say the resurrection power of the tongue. You can turn to them and tell them the resurrection power of the tongue. After that, you may be seated. Now, I'm not going to be long. I'm not a long-winded preacher. And so I, I am 
absolutely compelled in this uh, celebration that we are gearing up for Resurrection Sunday to be able to, to I'm, I'm compelled to talk about the resurrection, but also, uh, you know, the fact of the resurrection being throughout the word of God. It's not just a one-time occurrence, though the greatest resurrection that ever was and ever will be is the fact of Jesus Christ resurrecting from the dead, as we've already said, and coming out of the tomb and death not being able to hold him bound. But we see throughout the Word of God that there are principles in the Word of God. And one of those principles, of course, is the Bible said, give and it shall be given unto you. That's one, for example, that's not necessarily about the resurrection, but just a principle that people live by, that when they give unto the house of the Lord, they also receive in return. It's just a word from the Lord, a principle that you can reap the promises of that principle if you obey. Well, it's very similar when it comes to the power of the tongue. And I'd really like to highlight that tonight on the fact that what you say really matters. And as Proverbs 18 tells us, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And so you don't call somebody, for example, when you're having a bad day, you go to the doctor and get a negative report. You don't call somebody that you know is always having a bad day, right? You don't call somebody that you know is always looking up the weather, always looking up what's going wrong politically in the world and going to give you all of the, the, the reality, if you will, or the facts of the world when you need somebody to give you some type of life or joy or give you a word of encouragement. You don't call the, the uh, negative Nancy, if you will, of the church. You call somebody that's always having a good day, even on a bad day. Anybody know somebody like that? It's always having a good day even on a bad day. doesn't matter what they're going through or what they've been through recently. They are able to speak a word of encouragement. Now, you will find around that individual that there is life constantly. You will find around someone that speaks positivity, that speaks life, and especially in the Holy Ghost, you will find life circling that individual. They might be sick, but they're able to worship like nothing's ever going to bother them. They might be going through a valley, but they'll be able to say like David, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? They made up in their mind that no matter what's going on around them, they will not fear any evil. They will not be able, they will not be subject to what's going on around them. And so it's important to understand what you say really makes a difference. The Bible said in Mark 11, verse 23, For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now there is a difference between thinking something and saying something. Amen? There's a difference between contemplating and constantly trying to figure something out logically and then being able under the unction and the power of the Holy Ghost to speak. As a matter of fact, on one occasion, the Bible says that the Pharisees looked at the disciples and when they began to speak, they looked at them and said, but they're unlearned men and their speech is not revealing that they're unlearned men. Their speech was rather revealing that they were walking with God, that they had power from a different world. 
And so while the world that we live in is absolutely getting darker and darker, if you will, or sin is, is growing in the world, that the things, the problems of the world aren't really getting any better, I believe this is the perfect time, the perfect moment that if we're ever going to celebrate the resurrection, it would be through what we say, that we're ever going to celebrate life, it would be through what you say. When someone at your job has a bad day, you'd be able to say, hey, Jesus still loves you, and in doing so, you are speaking life into that individual. It goes beyond just the word, but then all of a sudden, it begins to change the atmosphere. What I'm trying to tell somebody tonight is that where you are, wherever it is that you may go during the day, during the week, you have the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ literally at the tip of your tongue. If you've ever been filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the power of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ right here in your body from head to toe. And if anyone were to ever catch that, realize that, understand that, then we would walk a little bit different. In my in my belief, I think we would walk into our job speaking God is good, speaking that though it doesn't look right, God is going to change the situation for my good, that this place belongs to God. And when you begin to speak in those terms, you'll begin to see life come into fruition. And so it's important that we understand the power of the tongue. Second Kings chapter four, the Bible tells us there was a Shunammite uh, woman and she had built a, her husband had built a place for the prophet and he'd come over to their house every once in a while. And when he'd come, they finally built him a room and gave him some bread and gave him a little table and a bed and so on. And the Bible says that when they built this room, he would come by. And on one occasion, he asked the woman, he told his servant, go ask the woman what she has need of. And so she said, well, I, I don't have a child. And so the prophet said, all right, about this time next year, you will have a child. She wasn't able to have a child. She even said, my husband is old. And it's not really according to life, you know, in the time that we're in to have a child. And so she has a miracle child. Now that's a miracle. That's something to celebrate, something to rejoice in. And then the Bible goes on that as this boy grows uh, of, of age, he's out in the field at one point and now he falls sick. And now the Bible said the husband tells, the father tells him, go take the boy to his mom. And so the boy sits there on his mother's lap. And as he's there on his mother's lap, the Bible says he dies. And so from sickness now to death, and you can imagine the state of this mother. You can imagine as a parent, I've got two boys that I love very much and I'm very grateful for. And it's really not according to life or the time of life, if you will, to bury your child. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's out of order, doesn't feel right. If you were to ever have to bury, and I know there's probably some people in this room that have suffered that before, and, and that may have been the case, and it's just not the way it's supposed to be in the way of life that we live in, that a parent would bury their child. And the Shunammite woman faces this problem, and while this child is lifeless, no heartbeat in his body, the blood all of a sudden running cold, 
in his body. Now this woman should have been absolutely out of her mind, should have been in every way, I mean, just absolutely upset and faithless and full of doubt and full of fear at the same time, confusion as to why would God give me a miracle and then take the baby from me. But the Bible lets us know that she was not responding according to her surroundings and the current situation that she was in. It was dark. It was gloomy. It was possibly one of the worst trials and tribulations that anyone would ever go through. And if you put yourself in her shoes, I don't know how I would respond. I wouldn't be able to have the liberty to say I would respond one way or another. But the Bible says that she grabs the boy and she puts that child, that dead child there, her son on the bed or in the room of the prophet. And then she goes to her husband and tells her husband, get me a servant and get me a donkey. I'm going to go see the prophet today. And he looks at her kind of in a scoffing manner and says, well, you know, why, why, why are you going to go see the prophet? It's not really the time or the hour. It's not according to the custom, the tradition for us to go out and see the prophet. And so she looks at him and the words she could have spoke was may could have been mumbling, may could have been in fear, may could have been in doubt. But if you look at the word of God, it was so, so important. The very next words that she spoke, I believe, begin to prophesy into what she was about to see. It wasn't that way quite yet, but the Bible says she looks at the or excuse me, looks at her husband and says, well, it shall be well. Now that doesn't make any sense to a mother who's just lost a child, but she looks at this situation and while she should have been preparing for a funeral, if you will, she was rather preparing for a miracle. I'd say that she understood, number one, the power of the tongue, but number two, the power of her God. And when she began to speak against what she was feeling, against what was around her, against the valley that she was going through, I believe that was the moment where life would begin to enter in, maybe into the atmosphere first, and then later eventually into her son. But you understand something today. She began to speak. It shall be well in the world that we are living in right now. I believe this is the greatest hour for the people of God to utilize the resurrection power. Matter of fact, to walk in the apostolic forest authority of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And while the world thinks that right is wrong and wrong is right, I pray that some apostolic believer would rise up and say, it shall be well. I know it doesn't feel like it. I know it doesn't look like it, but everything is going to be all right. Why? Because God is on my side. And if he can roll the stone away, that he can resurrect even the dead things in this world today. If he can do it then, he can do it now. Why don't somebody clap your hands for a moment and magnify the Lord? Because there indeed is resurrection power today. And you know what that means here in this building? That means if you're sick in your body, but it's a Wednesday, Jesus is still Jesus. He's still on the throne. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter what time it is. God Almighty is in this room. And if you'll begin to proclaim and prophesy in the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, cancers will literally have to walk out the door 
anymore. I'm telling you, disease will no longer be able to hold his grip. I'm telling you, depression and fear and anxiety will not be able to hold his grip. Why? Because an apostolic believer begin to declare, it shall be well. Go ahead, somebody, why don't you lift up your hands and open your mouth and begin to speak that into the atmosphere. Everything is going to be all right. And when you begin to speak that, you feel that in this room right now? When you begin to speak that over your wife, uh, who's backslidden and no longer walking with God, uh, when you begin, I feel the Holy Ghost, uh, and you begin to speak that over your husband, uh, that don't want to come to church anymore, but hadn't told anybody. Uh, when you begin to speak that over your children, uh, who are in that age, and they're struggling, the world's pulling, uh, all you've got to do, uh, mother of God, uh, uh, child of God, husband uh, here today, man of God, uh, is rise up uh, there in your home even here now and begin to declare it shall be well everything will be all right because I'm telling you if he can survive the cross if he can survive it then God can bring life in your home today why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord because I feel like revelation and understanding is going forth today because if God can tell Ezekiel to a bunch of dry bones that literally have no skin on their body, no breath in their lungs and no lungs in which to feel that they would come back to life then that means God can cause the things today that are dead even in your body the things that you didn't think God can do the things that you have prayed for before if you will begin to rearrange the, the mode of your prayer and not ask God anymore, but begin to proclaim in the Holy Ghost. If you'll begin to proclaim that the lame shall walk, then guess what? The lame shall walk. If you'll begin to proclaim that cancer has no place over your home, then cancer will have to go. I feel the Holy Ghost, and I'm telling you, God is going to do what only God can do here in this building tonight. If you believe that, why don't you say amen? amen? So it's important that in the middle of the hardest times, it's important that while the news and the world and everybody else around us is speaking negativity and constantly has, uh, that we would speak life. And not just positive words. I understand the world has this idea of manifesting. That if you'll speak it, you'll manifest it. But if you do it without the power of the Holy Ghost and you're only trying to manifest your own will and eventually you're manifesting your own will, excuse me, will result uh, in some type of pride or ego of your own self. Uh, but when you begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. Maybe you don't have the words to say, but you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost through your prayers. If you begin to rise up here in a moment when you feel it and you begin to speak with other tongues, God will give you the words in which to say. I don't know that that mother always had the words in which to say, but I feel that when she relied on God, God began to give her what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. And so I'm trying to tell somebody today that right now in a moment you will have the opportunity uh, to begin to speak life over your family, uh, over your kids uh, why not over your neighborhood, over this city, uh, over this state over this country uh, and even over the world. Uh, if God gave the prophets authority to prophesy into the world uh, then why can't we do that today? Well that's about 10% but it's the truth 
I asked God why were the prophets able to prophesy even into nations that weren't Israel and many times even into other nations of the, of the rest of the world. And God said, well, they had faith for me to speak to the rest of the world. If you've got the faith to speak it beyond your home, then you can speak it beyond your home. If you've got the faith to speak it into your city, then you can speak it into your city. We've done it many times. We prayed here. You've watched Pastor get up here, lift up his hands, and begin to prophesy here into the streets of Kansas City. And look what's happened as a result of it. You've watched that begin to happen all over this building and all over this city as a result of speaking the word of God. I was talking to my brother not too long ago, and he was telling me he's an associate pastor now. Some of y'all have met him, and, and uh, he is, he's also promoted. You know, I say promoted, and that really means promoted to serve more. That's all it really means. When you become a minister, that's what ministry is and what the word minister means, servant. And so he is called to serve more. And so as he's there in my dad's church in Los Angeles, he was telling me about a couple that began to pray and, uh, and actually ask God to help them make disciples there in their apartment complex. And I got to reading in 1 Samuel the account when David's there before Goliath. And while he's there before Goliath, he, the Bible says that Goliath's speaking all kind of negative words toward him. I'm going to feed your body, he said, to the fowl of the air, the beast of the field. And, I mean, just going off left field, if you will, to some crazy ideas about what he's going to do to David when he is through with that battle. And David, the Bible, as we understand, speaks back. But before we even get to that point, there's one thing that really stood out to me, and that's that Goliath, the Bible says, cursed David by his gods. Now, that means that somewhere, somehow, Goliath, being the enemy of the children of Israel, had seen that his priest of the gods, or the god Dagon, who was the Philistine god, had some point in time somehow probably spoken with their words and with their mouth against their enemies, the enemies of the Philistines. And, and in hopes that their statue god, their idol god made by their hands uh, would respond, they would curse the enemy by their god, by the name of their god Dagon. And so my brother began to tell me, he said, you know, there's a couple in our church, that, or the church there, and my brother, or my brother and my dad pastored there in Los Angeles, and he said they were walking and, you know, back and forth there in, in their apartment complex and they were praying, God, would you help us to make disciples, lead us to the right people and just, just, you know, talking to God throughout their apartment complex. And they finally ran into a young girl When they ran into the young girl, uh, they invited her over for dinner. They made friends with her and when they invited her over for dinner, she came over and she began to open up and she said, you know, uh, some of my family is involved in satanic worship. Matter of fact, I grew up around that, and uh, some of my family are witches and warlocks and so on, and it's a normal thing in my home. And she says, as a matter of fact, this morning, I shook the hand of a known satanic worshiper at my job. And she said, but I have been dealing with fear and anxiety and depression. I've been dealing with all kinds of things in my mind and in my thoughts, and I, I've really just been having a difficult time. And they said, well... We're apostolic. We believe Jesus. Anybody here? We believe that Jesus can help you with all of that stuff. And, and we'll pray right now, they said. I love that they didn't wait till church. 
right? I don't have time to get into all that. You've heard me preach about that, but they didn't wait till they got into the church and it was the right moment singing the right song. They decided right there in the apartment, we're going to pray for you right now. She said, all right. They begin to pray. And when they begin to pray in the name of Jesus, they told me this later, that devil started coming out. And so she was possessed with many demons and these demons started coming out. And so she was being cleansed, delivered of these devils. And, and as that was happening, I thought this was so different than anything I've ever heard. They told me that while the devils, some were still in her, others were coming out, uh, and that process of deliverance was happening, uh, that they were not only praying, but they were speaking specific words. And the words uh, that they were speaking were, were these words. They were saying, you're an anointed woman of God. You're going to do great things for God. God has ordained you and called you and appointed you. Now, if you think about that in the middle of her situation, most of us might think that's kind of weird, kind of different that you would speak life over someone who is currently bound by, by certain devils living inside of her. But they begin to speak what was to come. There's a whole lot of power in that. They begin to speak not what they saw and not what they felt, uh, but they begin to speak what was to come. Matter of fact, what God had already ordained since the beginning. And when they begin to speak all of that over her life, uh, she eventually was delivered there that night. They laid hands on her. She received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God did a work in her that no one else could. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord? This really blew my mind because they told me, said, you know, that girl spoke to us once she'd been filled with the Holy Ghost. And she said, when you all were praying for me and those devils were still inside of me, she said, I watched. I was able to see what was going on there. And she said, I could see certain devils standing off there in the corner and trying to, to steal. They were literally reaching up and they were trying to steal your words. They were trying to grab the words of life and prophetic utterances that you were speaking. You hear what I'm saying today? That means the enemy understands the power of the tongue too. And if he can get so-and-so to say something about so-and-so on that side of the church, and I don't like that and the way they do this over here and the way they do that over there, and they begin to, to, to get you to talk about negatively the people of God in the very church that we are in, what does that do to the unity? That all of a sudden divides people, and we can't grow as a church and move as a people of God in one body in unity together. But when we begin to understand the power of the tongue uh, and the people of God having power with God. Uh, when you begin to understand that, you'll be able to rise up and say, you know what? Uh, the enemy might try to steal my words. Uh, matter of fact, the enemy will try to get you not to say anything before you ever open up your mouth. Uh, but the moment you kind of move beyond how you feel and you go into the realm of prophetic utterances and speaking the word of God, uh, that's the moment that you'll begin to see the supernatural take place. Uh, what I'm trying to tell somebody today is there's a whole lot of power in this room right now. A whole lot of power that can literally cause depression uh, to no longer have its grip. Uh, a whole lot of power in this room right now with your words and with your mouth and the power of the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost uh, that lives inside of you to literally cause the atmosphere to shift. Uh, and when the atmosphere shifts, uh, I'm telling you absolutely anything is possible 
possible here in this room. That's when the blind see. That's when the lame walk. That's when the deaf hear. That's when those that are stricken with disease are healed. When we decide as people of God to speak the word of God beyond every shadow of a doubt. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify the name of the Lord. So I love that David understood that. And David got the memo, if you will, and was able to speak there to Goliath. He didn't get stuck. He didn't allow the words of the enemy to hold him bound, to cause him to stutter or think twice about why he was in the valley there ready to battle the greatest known warrior of the Philistine army in that time. But he was standing there with the understanding that God is on my side. What I'm trying to tell somebody today is that like David, we have the power and the authority that just from that same resurrection that Jesus resurrected from the the grave on that third day just like that we have the power to speak life into the realm of this atmosphere into this city what I'm telling you here today is that when you go to work tomorrow or the day after that you're not the same person When you go to school or wherever it is you go, the supermarket, wherever it is you might go throughout the week, you're not the same person as you were yesterday. Now you understand. Yes, the giant might be big, but David, who was outnumbered, who was unequipped, who had never even seen the bloodshed of another man before, never been in the battle the way that he was before Goliath was able to speak even against that Goliath. Why? Not because of his own power, but because of the resurrection power. God Almighty showed it from the beginning. When he called light out of darkness, he can do that again today. How many of you believe what I'm talking about here in this room? Because God is here with us. And if God is for us, there's nobody that can stand against the power of almighty God. That means the hospitals can be affected by your words right now. That means the school system can be affected by your words right now. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands and shout out? Under God with the voice of triumph. Go ahead. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? I, I really feel Jesus here in this house, and I feel like there's somebody that kind of just wants to let loose for a moment. Why don't you go ahead and do that for a moment right now? Just clap your hands unto the Lord, and why don't you shout unto God? Because some things are going to shift in your family. Some things are going to shift in your home. Some things are going to shift in your life. Some weights that have been too heavy. Some burdens that have been too difficult to bear. God is getting ready to lift them. Why? Because you understand that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And if he can survive it back then, if he can overcome it back then, he's given us that resurrection power when he filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anybody in here been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? You're an apostolic believer walking around with resurrection power, living on the inside. Why don't you clap your hands and thank God for that for a moment? Do you feel that right now in this room? Why don't we all stand together? You feel that here right now? I want you to take note of that. Because when you feel that at home, that's the moment not to be silent. 
That's the moment to walk the halls and begin to speak life. I was 14 years old, didn't want to serve God. We had just started church two years prior. I remember very clearly, really was not wanting to be. The only reason I was at church because my dad made me be at church. The only reason why. I didn't want to serve God, wasn't trying to serve God, wasn't trying to pray or do any of that other stuff. 14-year-old, just a little teenager going through life, right? And the enemy had a hold on me. I'd stay up till 2 in the morning with anger in my mind. I don't even know why I was angry, to be honest with you. But I remember my mom looking up, my mom looking up at me about... Five, two, five foot two. She's a small little lady. She would look up right at me and she'd tell me there in the kitchen. We'd stay up talking till about 12 at night and she'd say, you don't know it yet, but you're a man of God. You're going to do something great for God. You don't understand it yet, but I am telling you, I've already seen it in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling somebody here today that if you'll begin to, I didn't see what was going on tonight, but God knew. My mom understood through the power of prayer and I believe there's apostolic people all over this building that can prophesy into your children, that can prophesy into your family, that can prophesy over your husband, over your wife, that, be, that can begin to speak life all over this room. As you remain standing, I know that uh, there are people here that have many different needs and situations and uh, I believe that God can handle those needs, those situations. I believe that God can take care of all of that. It's really not a problem for Jesus to do. You believe that? Why don't you shout amen? amen. Now, what we're going to do all together, I'd like to ask everybody in this room, if you're a visitor, I'm so glad you're here. If you're a normal churchgoer, you come here all the time, you remember, I'm grateful you're here as well. Why don't we all come up to the front together? It's one body, and you can pray long as you like here for a moment, a moment, but why don't you go ahead and just remain standing, and I, I want to tell you one last thing. I remember being in St. Louis about two weeks ago. My memory serves me right, and there was a lady blind there in the service, and uh, I remember telling the church, now, don't pray just until you feel to stop. You know, sometimes we do that, and that's a normal thing, but I said, why don't you continue to pray, persevere in prayer. Jesus laid hands on the man twice in one occasion. That man was able to see after that. But why don't you persevere in prayer? Why don't you, why don't you go ahead and speak continually until you feel something different, until you recognize there's a change in the atmosphere? Sometimes people are that close to a breakthrough. But because, oh, man, I've got to go. I've got, is this all right? I've got things to do. I've, you know, I've, it's, it's Wednesday night. Because of that, well, I'm not sure. You know, I've, I've got to go ahead and go. And you're right there away from that breakthrough, away from that change in your atmosphere, in this atmosphere, in your home. But if you'll just persevere for a moment longer, I believe that God will begin to answer that level of faith, that enduring faith, if you will. And I watched as this lady who was blind, I had prayed for her already. Several others had prayed for her. And I watched a group of people gather around, and they continued on service was far over already and they continued praying in the altar in the name of Jesus the way we know how to pray they're laying hands they're speaking the word of God in faith you will see and so on and I got a call I'd like to say that she was able to see but what I do know is that that brother bachelor texted me about two days later on a Tuesday and he said hey bro check this out he said uh, that lady that was blind they were all praying for she went into the doctor's office to go and uh, and get her actual eyeball removed because the nerves were already dead and it's dangerous to keep it in there while the nerves are dead. 
And, she's, and they said that when she went into the doctor's office to go get checked up on and, and get that procedure taken care of, and the doctor's looking at her, scratch his head, and say, hey, I don't know what's going on. Your nerves were dead, but those nerves are now alive. They're literally growing back there to your eyeball. You hear what I'm saying? God can cause what's dead to come back to life. If you believe that right now in this room, I watched in that same night, lump, a lump that was on a girl's stomach literally disappear right there in that altar. That same Jesus is in this room right now. I watched another lady with scars and bumps all around her head. They begin to disappear all over her head. She, there was no evidence of it whatsoever. That's the power of Jesus Christ that's in this building right now. Why don't you go ahead and lift up your hands all over this room, and I want you to begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Would you do that? Why don't you lift up? your voice and why do you pray in the Holy Ghost? Uh, there's some things that's going to come to your mind. God's going to begin uh, to give you words to speak, words to prophesy. He's going to give you words to speak into the atmosphere, into your family. Why don't somebody get bold for a moment uh, in the authority of the Holy Ghost uh, with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ uh, and the understanding that no devil in hell can stop your words right now. There's no devil in hell that can hold on to your words or stop your words. They may try. They may try to bring doubt, but you've got the power of Jesus Christ. Go ahead right now all over this room. Why don't you go ahead and speak life over your children? Why don't somebody go ahead and speak life over your home that when you get there, depression will no longer have a right to home. Once was in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. There's something happening right now in this room. There's something moving deep right now. That's it in the name of Jesus. There's some people speaking with authority right now in this room. Uh, just like the prophet would speak over the dry bones. Uh, why don't you begin to speak right now in the name of Jesus? Uh, why don't you begin to speak? Maybe there was a promise, something uh, that has been uh, messed with. Maybe a dream that God's given you. Uh, and because you've walked out on God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Because you've walked out on God, uh, you have thought, well, maybe that dream is over. Maybe that vision is done. Uh, I'm here to let you know that God can breathe on that dry promise as well. God can breathe on that promise as well in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Why don't you begin? Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.